Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. The text for our meditation this evening is written for us in John chapter 13, verses 31 through 35. After Judas left, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man is glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify the Son in himself and will glorify him at once. Dear children, I am going to be with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and just as I told the Jews, so I tell you now. Where I am going, you cannot come. A new commandment I give you, love one another. Just as I have loved you, so also you are to love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love, excuse me, if you have love for one another. These are the words of our text. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we are gathered in your name to hear your holy word and to be changed by it. We pray that you, you would strengthen our faith in you through the Spirit, that we would firmly trust that you love us, that you gave your life into death so that we are forgiven. We pray that your love would melt our stony hearts and cause us to love one another. Let the world know us by our love for one another. Sanctify us then by the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. In Christ Jesus, who loved us and freed us from our sins by his own blood, dear fellow redeemed. Inigo Montoya was the son of a swordsmith. And he, his father, had been commissioned to make a sword for a count. But when the sword was made and the count came to get it, he refused to pay the agreed price and only wanted to pay a tenth of what had been agreed. So the swordsmith gave the sword to his son. And that angered the count. So the count killed the swordsmith. Inigo then challenged the count to a duel to avenge his father's death. But a ten-year-old was no match for the count. But mercifully, or maybe for other reasons, the count did not kill him and even let him keep the sword. And I can tell from the number of you that are smiling, you know that story. It's from the book and the movie, The Princess Bride. Inigo became a master of the sword, dedicating 20 years studying under masters so that he could find the count and best him. 
Now, how would he find the count? The count had a distinguishing feature. His right hand had six fingers. That's a striking characteristic. An ego would only have to look at the right hand and be able to determine that's the man. What distinguishing features do you have? Your hair, nose, eyes, height or lack thereof, scars, tattoos. When people look at you, what distinguishes you from everyone else? But let's take it to a deeper level. What character traits do you have that mark you as different? Jesus said to the disciples on the night of his betrayal, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Love for one another was the distinguishing characteristic and mark that Jesus wants his disciples to have as they live out their earthly lives in this sinful world. Love for one another. He said, a new commandment I give you. Love one another. Just as I have loved you, so also love one another. Now, Jesus called it a new command. Well, it wasn't really a new command. In the Old Testament, in numerous places, the people were taught to love their neighbor as themselves. And Jesus even elaborated on what that meant in his Sermon on the Mount. This is what he said. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be children of your Father who is in heaven. For he makes the sun to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. Indeed, if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Even tax collectors do that, don't they? If you greet only your brothers, what are you doing more than others? Do not even the unbelievers do that? So then be perfect, as your Father, Heavenly Father is perfect. To love your neighbor as yourself, Jesus explains here, is a radical love compared to the world. The world loves those who love them. The world is kind to those who are kind to them. But Jesus says, even to love your enemies and to pray for those who persecute you. So if that was the love that God had taught in the Old Testament, how is the love that Jesus speaks of here new? Or maybe a better word would be fresh. 
Well, notice what Jesus said. He didn't repeat the Old Testament saying, love your neighbor as yourself. He said, love one another just as I have loved you. So also, love one another. Jesus was giving a new perspective on that commandment, a new example. His own love for sinners. As I have loved you, he said, so you must love one another. This text has actually a remarkable backdrop of love. The very first words of it tell us that Judas had left. Then Jesus said something incredible. He said, now the Son is glorified. Judas had just gone out to betray Jesus. How could Jesus be glorified by that action? By the betrayal of Judas. Jesus is glorified because Judas' betrayal would set in motion the crucifixion and death of Jesus. Jesus was betrayed by a friend. And we probably don't grasp how much of a fall that is in our culture. But betrayal, especially by someone you've shared a meal with, in that culture was just unspeakable. And yet Jesus says that action is glorifying him. He's not saying that Judas didn't sin. No. But he is saying that the work that was now set in motion does glorify him. Because he was going to demonstrate how great his love is for sinners. Judas' betrayal would set in motion Jesus being arrested, falsely accused, flogged, nailed to the cross, and eventually breathing his last. But why? Was it because Judas betrayed him? No, in the garden when Peter pulled out the sword to fight back. Jesus explained, Peter, don't you understand that right now I could pray to my Father and He would send 12 legions of angels to fight for me. So it wasn't that Jesus was powerless. It wasn't that Judas' betrayal meant that Jesus was unable to resist it. Why was Jesus betrayed and crucified? It was because he loved sinners. It was love that allowed him to be bound and taken. It was love that caused him to suffer the, the blows of the scourge. 
It was love that caused him to wear that crown of thorns and be beaten on the head. It was love that pinned him to the cross, not nails. And Jesus is certainly glorified in his love for sinners. Because he even suffered and died for Judas. The one who had done that unthinkable thing and set those things in motion. Jesus gave his life into death for even that one. So what does that mean about you? When people look at you and see your character flaw or your character, do they see more flaws than good attributes? Are you known to the people closest to you for your anger? For your great memory of wrongs done? For your vengeance? That's not the mark that Jesus wants you to have. He wants you to love one another. And when we look at our character and our flaws, it is very easy to become weighed down with guilt. Because we don't even express all of the hatred and anger that dwells in our hearts. Jesus sees it. He sees it all. There's nothing you can hide from him. And yet that knowledge did not cause him to reject you. It did not cause him to cut himself off from you. No, that knowledge caused him to love you and to die for you. So that you are forgiven. All of that anger, all of that spite, all of that vengeance that you have sinfully hung on to and sought was nailed to the cross with Jesus. The Bible tells us that the charge written against us was nailed with Jesus on the cross. And Jesus has made the payment necessary so that all of those guilty actions, all of those sinful thoughts and desires are fully paid. You, unloving as you may be, are loved by Jesus. And you are forgiven. Jesus would have his love change you. When you consider the great guilt, the mountain of sins that Jesus has forgiven you, 
Who are you to hold anything against your brother and sister? But the small things that they do against us. Yes, that is where we receive the motivation to actually forgive. When we realize how great our sin is, we're not so quick to pass judgment on others. When we realize how flawed we are at the core, we're not so quick to point the condemning finger at others. We're all in the same boat. We're all broken. We all fail to function the way that God wants us to and even the way that we want to. But we're all in the same boat because we're forgiven. We're dearly loved by Jesus. So may His love change us. May it help us to be kind to one another. To forgive each other just as in Christ God has forgiven us. May it enable us to let our light shine before men. That they may see our good works, our love for one another, and glorify the Father in heaven. Yes, may God grant us His Spirit so that all men will know that we are Jesus' disciples because we love one another. To God be the glory, now and forever. Amen. Please stand for the blessing. And now may the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus until life everlasting. Amen.